into tonight's word real quickly. I'm not going to talk very long tonight, but we started a series called Tell the World at the beginning of this month. And what we've been talking about is telling the world who Jesus is. All right. We've been talking about telling the world who Jesus is. And we talked about you can't tell the world who Jesus is if you don't know who Jesus is. Correct. Can't tell who, the world who Jesus is if you don't know who Jesus is. And the only way to know who Jesus is is to have a clear revelation, a revealing of him through the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? And so we talked about in order to tell the world who Jesus is, we've got to have a revelation. And when we have a revelation of Jesus, we talked about, we encouraged each other, hey, now preach it and live it with boldness, okay? In a world where there's so many, quote-unquote, Christians who aren't living boldly in what they believe in in their faith, Preach it and live it with boldness every single day in home, in school, your job, wherever you go, on the field, whatever it is you do, preach and live with boldness, okay? And if you remember last Wednesday, we talked about how the good news of Jesus is the greatest news that has ever been told. It's so, not only is it the greatest news that's ever been told, but on top of that, the good news of Jesus produces, it brings great joy to all people, before I really gave my life to Jesus, I thought I was happy, then I met Jesus. My life was never the same. And there's so many people who can say the same thing. Why? Because the good news of Jesus brings great joy to everybody, every single person on this earth, okay? And we've also talked about how a true follower of Jesus points and brings people to Jesus, okay? A true follower of Jesus points people to Jesus and brings people to Jesus. And we've challenged each other this month. When was the last time we pointed someone to Jesus and brought someone to Jesus? Okay? That's what we, that's what we also challenged ourselves with. Okay? Tonight, we're going to talk about another way that people can tell, that how we can tell the world who Jesus is. Before we do that, we're going to pray, and then we'll get into the word. Father, I thank you so much for your word because it is a seed planted, and, and Lord, it produces fruit. In the hearts of all of our teenagers, Father. And Lord, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to share your message with them. Lord, I pray that they hear your voice and not Carrie's voice. Uh, Holy Spirit, we activate you to have your way here this evening with these teenagers, Lord. And I just thank you so much for who you are, for your son Jesus who died on the cross for us. I thank you for the time we have with family this weekend as we celebrated your resurrection, Father. We absolutely love you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's check this out. We can tell the world who Jesus is by how we love each other. Do you know we can tell the world who Jesus is by how we love each other? Remember in week one, we talked about talk is cheap and actions speak, right? Titus 1.16 says many people, they claim to know God, right? But they deny him by the way that they live. We can tell the world who Jesus is simply by how we love each other and love those around us, right? How you love your parents will tell the world who Jesus is. How you love your friends at school will tell the world who Jesus is to you. We'll, we'll be able to tell the world who Jesus is. How you love the people who talk bad about you, gossip about you, hate, hate you, will tell the world who Jesus is. How you respond to that will tell the world who Jesus is. Check this out. This is what Jesus said about the matter. In John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, again, I'm sorry the screens are messed up, but here's what the words of Jesus said. This is Jesus talking, okay? And he's talking to his disciples. And, and real quick, just to kind of give you like a context of what, why, where Jesus is at when he's saying this. Jesus is about, Jesus is basically letting his disciples know that he's about to die. He's about to be crucified and he's eventually going to leave them at some point. And what he's letting them know is, listen, when I am gone, 
When I'm gone, these are some things that I want y'all to do while I'm gone. I'm not always going to be here, so this is how I need you to behave while I'm not here. This is how I need you to act when I'm not here. This is a command I give you when I'm not here no more. As a matter of fact, Jesus is going to say, this is, the, this is a new command I give you. And this is what he says, John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. He says, so now I am giving you a new commandment, okay? New commandment. This is one that they had never heard before. They knew the Ten Commandments and all the hundreds of laws from the Old Testament. And Jesus said, listen, today I give you guys a new commandment. This is what he says. He says, love each other. Now, that's pretty easy if you think about it. That's pretty easy command to follow. Love each other. We can do that, Jesus. No problem. But then Jesus drops the bomb with the next sentence. Noah, he says this. He says, he says, so I'm now giving you a new commandment, love each other. Check this out. He says, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And I, dude, do you realize what Jesus just said? Check this out. I'm gonna read it again. He says, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. That's hard. Because think about it. Jesus loved me and you when we were at our worst. When we didn't believe in him, when we're talking back to our parents, when we're lying, cussing, stealing, cheating, doing all the things that don't align with God's word. Guess what? Jesus still loves us so much that he gave his life for us at the cross in our place to pay the penalty of our sins. And Jesus says, listen, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Do you realize the standard that Jesus is setting right here? It's a high standard. That's like, dude, that's pretty, uh, that's a pretty uh, high standard, right? And then he goes on to say, he says this. He says, your love for one another, check this out, will prove to the world that you belong to me. Wow. He said, he said this. He said, your love for one another will prove to the world that you belong to me, that you are my disciples. So check this out. What we're talking about this month is, telling the world right and we can tell the world who Jesus is by how we love each other okay and Jesus told us very clearly he said listen love each other the way that I have loved you again super high standard because when I was I, I've made tons of mistakes you're looking at someone who when he was a teenager was hooked on pornography would smoke cigarettes would go to parties and drink and was having sex before marriage as a teenager like all these things that I was involved in and doing that did not align with God's word. But guess what? At my worst, God still loved me. He still loved me. And guess what? Jesus said, hey, listen, when you will love like that, we're proving to the world that we belong to him and we're telling the world who Jesus truly is. And guess what? Here's what's so cool. Here's what's so cool. This is the main thing that I want y'all to take away from tonight. This love that Jesus talked about this love is powerful when it is demonstrated by us, okay? It's dem when it's demonstrated by us, when we live it, man, it's powerful. And, and, I'm, and I'm, a, I'm evidence of that. So when I was 17 years old, I got on a plane to Houston, Texas. My parents sent me to Houston, Texas. And I ended up in this place called Victory Camp. I didn't know one person, and on top of that, all the people were white. <laughs> and that was new for me because I was around, like, Hispanics and and, and uh, African-Americans my whole life, like, I really didn't hang out with white kids like that. And I ended up at a church where there was, it was, it's like what you call a big church, like a mega church, thousands of 
like white people. And it was new for me. And I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if I was going to be welcome here. I didn't know if I was going to be accepted at this place. And you know what, man? Then people welcomed me with open arms. Like they say, hey, come on in. They gave me a job that summer at Victory Camp, a place to stay. And, man, like here's the thing. Like I had just given my life to the Lord. Like just a few months before that, it was it was November of 2020, and I went to Houston in May of tw- or J- May of 2020, of 20, 2000, May 2001 is when I went to Houston. Sorry. And when I got there, again, these people just welcomed me and accepted me. They gave me a place to stay. They gave me a job, and even though they kind of knew my history because my aunt lived there, they could care less. They loved me. And you know what they were doing? Like they were demonstrating God's love to me. And you know what? For three years I lived there at that place. And the love that was demonstrated was so powerful that it impacted my life forever. And see, what Jesus was saying, like, look, if you will demonstrate this love to the world, it has the power to really impact and inspire people to change. And how will it change people? It will impact and inspire people to want to know who God is, number one, And when they know who God is, they'll want to live, they'll want to believe in God, and then they will want to live for God, okay? And so when we demonstrate this love that Jesus talked about, it has the power to really impact and inspire people. And Jesus was always demonstrating this love, as we all know. If you've ever read one story in the Bible that Jesus He was always demonstrating this love. One of my favorites is found in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. It says, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. It said, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. He said, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, yeah, Jesus always healed the sick. No, you got to understand something what Jesus has just done here. This is a powerful thing that Jesus has just done, what he has demonstrated, okay? Understand that in Jesus' time, people with leprosy, they were outcasts. No one was allowed to go near them. As a matter of fact, if you would have seen a leper on the street in Jesus' day, people would walk literally to the other side of the street. They would get as far away from the lepers as possible. And the reason why was because if you had leprosy, and you touched me or I touched you, you were contagious, and I would get it. So guess what? Nobody was ever around people with leprosy in Jesus' day. They had no friends. They had no no company. They didn't know what it was like to talk to someone face-to-face or shake someone's hand or give someone a hug. They were outcasts in Jesus' time. And Jesus has been, been spending so much time talking to people, and he's come down this mountain, and I truly believe Jesus came down this mountain for this man specifically. And when the man with leprosy sees Jesus, he comes to Jesus and he throws himself down in front of Jesus. And here's what Jesus, what I love about Jesus. Jesus doesn't go, ew, like get away from me. What are you doing? Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus lets him come to him. And the man with leprosy says, Lord, if you're willing, you can clean me. You can clean my body. You can heal me. You can get rid of this leprosy. And here's what I love about Jesus. This is where he demonstrates The greatest, some amazing love. The Bible says that Jesus reached out and touched him. This man hadn't been touched on his shoulder, 
on his head. Who knows ever? And Jesus willingly stretches out and touches the man with leprosy. And his smile on his face said, I am willing. Be clean. The Bible says that instantly the man was healed and cleaned of his leprosy. Right? See, here's the thing. Jesus was always demonstrating love to everybody, to the world. No matter what walk of life it came from, no matter what sickness they had, no matter what it was they were battling. And listen, if we will demonstrate that love to the world around us, I'm telling you, when we demonstrate that kind of love, it's powerful. It has the power to impact and inspire the people around us. I know I shared this at Spring Retreat, but um, my father, he, gave his, he recommitted his life to the Lord this past June, uh, last June, I'm sorry, June of 2021. My father hadn't been to a church or been connected to God in 20 years. I'm not joking, literally 20 years. When I gave my life to Jesus is when my father disconnected. My father was once in the praise and worship team here at MNV, actually. And um, he just disconnected, stopped going to church altogether, stopped living for God, all that kind of stuff. And over 20 years, he just wanted nothing to do with it. Well, over those 20 years, there were times when when I would get so frustrated with my dad because I was like, you know, living for God and, and there was some tension. And finally one day, God really dealt with me and said, Carrie, you got you to gotta love your father regardless of what he chooses to do with his life. Regardless. If he never accepts me, you still got to love him. Still got to love him. Again, remember, this love is powerful when it's, when it's demonstrated by us. So I made a decision, I'm going to love my dad no matter what. And it's good and his bad. If he makes fun of me, I'm going to love him. So I did. I loved him for years, right? For years, I loved my pops. Prayed for him and loved him, okay? June of 2021, my wife, uh, she's like, hey, babe, what do you want for your birthday? This is last, my last birthday. Uh, Malachi and Josiah's mom made me a really cool Ninja Turtle cake and everything was so cool. And the youth got me pizza. It was awesome birthday. My wife was like, what do you want for your birthday? I said, I don't want anything material-wise. I said, if I could have one thing for my birthday, it was about when my family would come and hear me preach that night because I was preaching in the main service that night. And so she made, it, she made all the calls, and they were all here. And I, I didn't know if my dad was going to come that night. You got to understand, I've preached in that sanctuary I don't know how many times over the past 10, 11 years. My dad's never come to one. And it's not because I didn't invite him. I always invited him. But he would never come through those doors, ever at all. And it would hurt me sometimes. Like it really, really would. He never would come though. And I wanted him to come, but he just never did. And when I saw him walk through that door, I was shocked. And uh, I'll never forget after service, I went up and we started talking and, and I didn't notice, but he had told me that two weeks before my birthday, that he really had a sit down with God. Like he was just praying, saying, God, I'm sorry. I've been wrong and I really want to get my life give my life to you, recommit my life to you. And he recommitted his life to the Lord. And he started going to a church here in Lubbock. I had no idea, like, to be honest with you. And I was so happy, though. I was so happy that, that my father had recommitted his life to the Lord, right? Well, he sat me down about a month after that in their theater room. And when he sat me down, he's like, son, I got to talk to you. I was like, yeah, what's up, Pop? And he's like, son, I just want to say thank you. And I was just looking up like, for what? He said, son, I know the last several years weren't easy for you. He said, I know I've been disobedient to God. I, I wasn't living for him. I wasn't going for church. And I know it wasn't easy for you. But I just want to say thank you. He said, because 
the past several years, you loved me no matter what. And I all knew you were praying for me. And this is what he said. He said, God told me to tell you. He said, he wanted me to tell you thank you. That God would deal with him. You better thank your son because he was praying for you. He was loving you when you didn't, when you were talking bad about him. Here's the thing. This love that Jesus talked about, when it's demonstrated by us, is super powerful. It really can impact and inspire the lives around us. Okay? And Jesus told us, hey, as I have loved you, you need to love each other. Because this love will prove to the world that you belong to me. So my question tonight as we end is this. Do you love people like Jesus loves you? Do you love the people around you? Do you love the people who have hurt you? Whether it's a parent, sibling, brother, sister, teacher. Do you love those people still? Right? Do you still love those people? I know it could be difficult. But here's the thing. We can tell the world who Jesus is by how we love people. You know, my wife, she said that's like to her, that was one of the greatest things she ever saw happen whenever my dad came around. And when my dad told me that it was one of the she was she was like so inspired by that, you know, because, again, when we when this love is demonstrated, it has the power to impact and change people. So, guys, I want to encourage you. Our responsibilities as believers, as Christians, God didn't, God didn't just want us to just gather on Sundays and Wednesdays and just sit here, right? He, he actually said, hey, go, right? We're supposed to tell the world about him. That's, who we're supposed to, that's what our responsibility is. You have a purpose now with this brand new life with Jesus. Let's go tell the world who Jesus is. And you can do that simply by loving people the way Jesus loves you. When you do that, when you demonstrate that, it has the power to really impact and inspire people around you. All right? So let's tell the world who Jesus is by how we love each other. All right?